on today's show, it's all about the Marvel Netflix series. Luke Cage has arrived, and we're going to be talking about what we hope to see on the series. Plus, what's next for Frank Castle? Who is Danny Rand spending his time with? And just who the heck is Misty Knight? Man, I have to hand it to Netflix. They are ruling entertainment with an iron fist. I don't know about you all, but I'd sure like to be locked in a cage with Jessica Jones. Too bad I'm not that much of a daredevil. <laughs> with all these bad jokes, you could call me the Punisher. All that in a Netflix final countdown on this episode of Free Your Geek. And welcome to Free Your Geek. I am your host, Jay Free. To my left, in the studio, KB, what is up? What is up, brother? Nothing much. Um, That was a song, in case you're interested. Uh, that's the Daredevil Netflix theme. Uh, it's a remix by Styz Mask. I will put the link in both the show notes and uh, I will tweet it out um, on our Twitter page. But it's an awesome uh I don't even know what you would call it. Is it like a not a dubstep, but uh, what type of the techno version of the Daredevil theme from the Netflix yeah. series? It's badass. I love it, and uh, it kind of suits the mood and the theme, if you will, of this show. And what is the theme of this show, KB? Theme of this show is uh, Netflix, uh, Marvel Netflix uh, Cinematic Universe. Absolutely. So by the time this drops tomorrow, this is going to be dropping on September thirtieth. What is happening on September 30th? We have the premiere of Luke Cage. Luke Cage, the next Marvel Netflix series, is dropping. It's getting rave reviews. Some critics are saying it's better than Jessica Jones in the first uh, season of Daredevil, which that that would that floors me. Yeah, it's so, tough to beat. I, I'm because I was impressed with those both of those shows, and, and to, to have those critics say it's better, I, I am like frothing at the mouth for this series. Um, before we get into everything, I want to just kind of point out, since we are going to be talking about, uh, we're going to be alluding to Jessica Jones, we're going to be alluding to Daredevil Seasons 1 and 2 a little bit, so I want to put this up front because I always say at the last minute, so I'm going to put it up front now. People, there could be spoilers from the two seasons of Daredevil, there, there will be, yes, honestly, absolutely, and, and Jessica Jones, so that being said, get out now if you haven't seen those. Go watch them. We'll wait. Okay, welcome back. Um, so now that you guys are back, you've caught up on those series, let's get into it. So KB, do you have anything to say before we get into some industry news, or do you want to talk about anything else before we get into these specifics? No, just excited for this Luke Cage premiere tomorrow, man. Yeah, I, 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 I know I, what I'm I'm doing. hoping it's tonight at midnight. I'm, I'm hoping. By the time we wrap this up, we get home, it's midnight. I think Maybe uh, squeeze an episode in. That would be amazing. That would be amazing. But 
All right, if we don't have anything else to add, let's get into the crux of what we're going to be talking to, and let's let's get into some industry news. Yes, 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 industry news. And we've kind of tailored this industry news, these topics that I, I've added to our agenda today, KB. They're all around, they all revolve pretty much around the Netflix series, which is kind of cool. So... Uh, the first piece of news. Let's talk about um, John Bernthal. Love him. John Bernthal, for those that are unaware, played Shane in The Walking Dead. He played Frank Castle in season two of Daredevil on Netflix. So I just want to point out, and I'm going to read this. This is from comicbook.com, and I'm going to read it verbatim. On Thursday, New York Comic Con announced that John Bernthal, the actor who plays the Punisher in Daredevil Season 2, would only be at the event for two days because of his Netflix production schedule. At the time, comicbook.com speculated that this could mean production had already begun on the upcoming Punisher spinoff series. While that does remain a possibility, it turns out that Bernthal's Punisher may be making an appearance elsewhere in the Marvel Cinematic Universe first. And what they're alluding to is that um, with, as we discussed last week, I believe, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. got pushed to 10 o'clock. Yep. It's a later night slot. It's going to be more violence. They've introduced Ghost Rider. To make it very dark. Very dark. So Ghost Rider is a character that seeks vengeance on evildoers. That sounds an awful lot like the Punisher. So what they're alluding to is that the Punisher may be appearing on Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And why do they think that? Well, that's a great question, KB. Why don't you ask me? Say, why do they think that? Why do they think that, Jay Free? That's a great question, KB. Marvel uh, Television had a big premiere for the season premiere of S.H.I.E.L.D. And one of the people at that premiere was Punisher creator Jerry Conway. According to IGN, Jeff Loeb, who's the head of Marvel Television, at one point specifically introduced Conway and the other guests, and he teased, You're, you will understand why I brought all of these people here later in the season and why it makes sense. So that's mm. alluding to the fact that the Punisher's creator was specifically called out and said, "This is we're bringing these guys here for a reason. I mean, he has done other things. I believe he has written for issues of Ghost Rider as well, mm -hmm. so it could be for that. But to bring the Punisher's creator... That's kind of cool. And to, to kind of make that illusion, I don't know. What do you think about this, KB? Um, I would I, I think it would be awesome to have him on the on the show. Um, especially if they're going that darker route. And then with what Ghost Ride now, I haven't seen episode two yet. I haven't had a chance to to watch it yet. But uh, just based on what I saw on the first episode, um, it's that dark violence uh feel that it has to it. And I think he he adds to that. And I'd be curious to see where he would stand in the show. Like, does he side with anybody? Is he kind of just going after Ghost Rider? Does he have a problem with somebody in Shield? Like, what, what, what will be the if he's in it? What, what, what would the story be? I would assume that he would be probably working hand in hand with Ghost Rider because they both have the same mo. They both go after people that deserve to die, or well, in their minds, deserve to die. They deserve to be, for lack of a better term, punished for their crimes. Um, Ghost Rider, again, we have saw it in the first episode, and again, I already said spoilers, but again, he had an opportunity to take out Daisy, yep. Quake. Great scene, by the way. Yeah, and he basically looked like looked into her soul, so to speak. He's like, and, no. And he's like, you're, you're, not a, you're not a piece of scum. You're not, you're not a bad person, Yeah. so I'm not going to kill you. 
So I wonder if his his mo his modus operandi. Okay, so would he want to kill the Punisher then? That's a great question. That's a great question because think about that. That's like so hypocritical because yep. Ghost Rider is killing people who do bad things, but the Punisher is killing people who do bad things. But the Punisher is also a killer. That's like Ooh. full circle. That's yeah. like. I don't know how many levels that goes down, but that's that's something to think about. Yeah, so that's it would be exciting to see Punisher on the show, definitely. I agree, I agree, and I, I would love to see maybe, like, maybe, for example, uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. Is, go- is, again, tracking Ghost Rider, and they hear about this, you know, vigilante, th- you know, or being, like, killing all these starts, things. It maybe starts with something simple, too, with, like, bullet casings found and something like that, like something very simple. Yeah, or if you were to let me finish, what I was going to say was, what if they think that Ghost Rider's attacking something, and they go in, and it's actually just a quick cameo by Frank Castle, and yep. they think they're on Ghost Rider's trail? That's, that would that's be cool, too. too. But yes, I agree. If they found like bullet casings, and it, it kind of led to this whole, yep. yeah, revealed itself, that would be awesome as well. Very cool, very cool. Second piece of news, unless you have anything to add to no, that. No, no. Second piece of news on the agenda today who are going to be the season two villains of Jessica Jones? So that's a great question. Apparently, we don't know yet. But Melissa Rosenberg, the showrunner, offered a few notable tidbits to Entertainment Weekly. And this report comes from ScreenCrush.com. Uh, one, uh, for one, where any actor would have a tough time filling the void of David Tennant's Killgrave. Rosenberg may subvert that with several major antagonists. So before we even get into this, um, Kilgrave, probably Great. the greatest villain yeah. on the Netflix series I've seen. I and that's including uh, Wilson Fisk. I, I didn't like him. I didn't like him at first until I got like a few episodes in. Oh man, that actor, the, his character is so good. The, his his acting ability, David Tennant, yep. and Kilgrave's character, aka the Purple Man, so amazing. Like, I, I obviously you're supposed to hate him because he's a piece of crap, but. He's just so like there's there's some type of charisma or something there that just like wow he's likable even though I know I need to hate him which is kind of if you think about it with the mind control that he uses kind of makes a whole lot of sense yeah. in that in that in that a, feeling about him a charismatic yep. actor you know and you can see his charisma like coming through the screen and like you can feel it and it's amazing but yes uh, Melissa Rosenberg said how do you top a villain like Kilgrave what can you say of figuring out who will be the new antagonist or antagonists plural. No one is ever going to beat David Tennant as Kilgrave, so you don't do that. The biggest mistake we would try to repeat the biggest mistake would be to try to repeat that. You just go, "Okay, we're not doing that." So we have to have this open to us. Does it become a show of short stories? That's a good question. Um being the alias detective agency and all that, alien Maybe like maybe like, like instead yeah. of like Maybe instead of like one villain throughout the what is it like thirteen episodes? Maybe yeah. it's like taking on a villain for two or three episodes. Or yeah, or like you 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 do four like major villains and yep. you break one into like three episodes a piece. I think you something could do like that. that. Yeah. Um, I guess I guess she said that uh, similar something similar to TV line. She goes, "The bar was set so freaking high, David Tennant has no equal." So I'm not even going to try to go there. The biggest mistake I could try to make is to repeat that. So it's going to be very uh, different type kind of antagonist. So it's going to be different type of antagonist or antagonists. So she um, she basically said that there's probably going to be multiple villains. So I think I think you're right. I think they might be able to break it up. Or maybe it'll be kind of like a, a crime family where she's taking out like different levels of a crime family or something. I don't know. 
What do, what do you think? Do you think it's going to be, you still think you're going to be banking on, say, it's three guys or three villains? I don't want to be sexist. Let's say it's three different villains. Uh, do you think it'll be four episodes per villain? How do you think it, or the, it'll be? I, I think it'd be something like be, that. Or will be a thread that'll go through the entire series and tie it all together? I, I, I think it would be something like that, where, where you're doing a, a, a villain or maybe two at a time or, or a particular, let's not say villain, let's say maybe case or just storyline where you know various different things are happening versus just one major storyline. But then again, that's... No, how do you do it at the end would be the question. Well, I, the, the villains aren't going to be the only big thing, apparently, because yeah. Rosenberg also talks about uh, Rachel Taylor, um, who played Trish from yep. Jessica Jones, who I loved her character as well. Um, they said she's likely, first and foremost, there's another little tidbit that she might be training for a role in The Defenders, which would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, Rosenberg hopes to begin Jessica Jones season two with a pair, on, uh, which is Jessica Jones and Trish, on a more even keel, even as... Jones starts to envy the normalcy and heart that Trisha enjoys because Jessica Jones, played by Kristen Ritter, which was masterfully done yep. by Kristen Ritter as well, she plays that kind of that character that Jessica Jones, who's kind of like empty inside, like there's no like she doesn't care like so much. She's been so hollowed out from her experiences. With and that's children. what the character is supposed to be, right? I know, but yep. what I'm saying is that that would be an awesome dynamic to have like a best friend who's kind of like the opposite of everything and everything you used to be. And seeing like how that's changed, kind of like you and me. I was just thinking that yeah, same thing. <laughs> yeah, I beat you to the punch that time. But um, yeah, Rosenberg said, "I'm interested in continuing continuing to explore the re- relationship between Trish and Jessica. That is the core relationship in the piece. It's about female friendship. It's about how friends evolve. They're sisters, really, and it's about how they evolve and ping off each other. I'm interested in relationships, whether they be romantic or family or friends or professional." That's what's interesting to me is Jessica in relationship to people. And again, mm-hmm. kind of what we just said, like how does she interact with certain people? Now we saw her interact obviously with Trish yep. where they have a very sisterly bond even though Jessica is very um, emotionless and, and it, it's, it's hollow. Cur- it, it's curious to see because you remember like that whole first season, her infatuation was dealing with Kilgrave right. in whatever form because it was. Because of what he did to her. So now, it's, but, so now it's like, well, what's her new agenda? What's her new... Well, you maybe know, it's kind story. of adjusting to life after taking out this one piece. Yeah. Now you have, and and I'm assuming we will see Luke Cage back in it. I would assume. I would assume, and, and, and maybe not. Maybe probably in the same capacity as last season, a couple episodes, and you know, maybe that's it. I I think I think because they're going to be setting up for the Defenders. I don't know if Jessica Jones is going to be coming out before the Defenders or after. I believe it's going to be after the Defenders. You know who I like? Uh, what's her name? The 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 nurse there, Rosario Dawson's character. She well, she's going to be in Luke. She's going to be yep. So and. Uh, in the comics, what's the nurse's I, name? I can't remember. Claire Temple. Claire, yep, Claire Temple. And I believe her and Luke Cage in the comic books. And correct me if I'm wrong, because I was never a big Luke Cage fan. You might not even know, but I believe they had a relationship. Okay. At some point in time. Ooh. Um, but that can also lead in to our fourth piece. But I don't want to get into that yet. Okay. Um, not even our fourth piece. Our our, our other segment that we're doing. Um, but we'll get into that. We're going to be talking about Misty Knight a little bit okay. later. Um, and that might be the love interest in the Luke Cage series. I, so I know nothing about it. I haven't read any spoilers. I want to be like totally spoiler free. But I know Claire Temple is going to be there. And I know that Misty Knight's going to be there. And I believe both were love interests of Luke Cage. So I'm curious to see. And, and I'm assuming Jessica Jones would probably appear in an episode or two. I would love that. Uh, it hasn't been mentioned. It hasn't been uh, spoiled for me. So yep. I don't know. But that would be amazing. But our third piece of news revolves around a series that's not even out yet, and that is for Iron Fist. 
So this one has me excited. I'm I'm pumped for this. Uh, I but who's playing uh, Iron Fist? It's it's Finn Jones. I think he played Loras Tyrell in Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Uh, I might be wrong on that. Um, I know he pl- he was on Game of Thrones. I just can't remember the character he played. I'm pretty sure it was Loras though. Uh, so this comes from uh, ComingSoon.net, and it reads. Production continues on Marvel's Iron Fist, and a ton of new photos from the set have made their way online, including photos of Finn Jones as Danny Rand and Jessica Henwick as Colleen Wing. So we know that Colleen Wing is going to be part of the Iron Fist series. Um, It's basically just to give a synopsis for those that are not familiar with Iron Fist. Marvel's Iron Fist, the newest Marvel Cinematic Universe series coming soon only to Netflix, follows Danny Rand, who returns to New York City after being missing for years. He fights against the criminal element corrupting New York City with his incredible kung fu mastery and his ability to summon the awesome power of the fiery Iron Fist. So it's going to be kind of... I like how Marvel, with the Netflix series, it's 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 kind of like what we kind of discuss with the movies. Each of the movies, Ant-Man is a heist film. It has that yep. type of feel. Guardians is kind of like more, you know, of a space adventure, obviously. Um, Captain America, the Winter Soldier was like a Tom Clancy type of Mm -hmm. spy thriller. So they all have like unique, almost subgenres that they fit into. Yeah, Iron Man is almost like a 007. Yeah, 007, but more like a Batman because he's got the technology and stuff. Um, but what? I, but the whole thing is that each each movie series has a distinctive kind of feel and subgenre that's yeah. attached to it. And I think the same thing with uh, the Netflix series. I think you know Daredevil is more of like a gritty street yep. type of thing with mob, you know, mob mentality, mob violence, uh, the different gangs and pushing drugs and whatnot. Where Jessica Jones is more of a noir like type of thing, Luke Cage is going to be more of a, of a like street gang level, mm-hmm. and I think Iron Fist is going to be more of a kung fu type of series, which I think is going to be awesome. So, what do we have for origin on these characters so far? I mean, the Daredevil series we have the origin pretty pretty much complete. Um, Jessica Jones, they really not, didn't not so much talk too much. Luke Cage, Cage. because they said that the, this series, the that's show, Mar- it. it's going to be part of it. It's going to be in the past, and part of it is going to be. Okay. And we had some allusions to it in the Jessica Jones series with the, the I forget the company. So, so I, I kind of like the way this Iron Fist way, way they're describing how it starts out. Is he's right. just coming back to the city, and we don't know what happened. And we might see flashbacks. We don't we don't know yep. anything about this series, but I'm but interesting. I'm, I'm very very pumped. And just to give you some idea of who's the cast, besides uh, Finn Jones and. Uh, Jessica Henwick as Colleen Wing. It's also going to star uh, David Wenham as Harold Meacham, Jessica Straup as Joy Meacham, Tom Pelfrey as Ward Meacham. And I, I am not familiar with these characters at all, so no, I have to go. I have to go on the uh, the Wikipedia and search these. But one of the people I am excited to see back, Carrie Ann Moss, is going to reprise her role as Jerry Hogarth, which is awesome. I love interesting. Her interesting. Why? Why this show? That's that's a great point. But again, end of Daredevil, Foggy. Yep. Takes a, uh, I believe he takes a job with her firm. Yep. So maybe we'll be yeah. seeing Foggy Nelson in in the Iron Fist series as well. Mm, could be interesting. Do you know? Do you know who? I don't know if you know this or not. A little fun fact for you all, for those listening. Foggy Nelson, for those familiar with the Daredevil series on Netflix. Do you know what movie he's most well known from? The actor. The yeah. actor. Uh, you know, that was bugging me. That I know I've seen him in something. Did you ever big. watch a children's movie called The Mighty Ducks? 
<laughs> he played Fulton Reed in the Mighty Ducks. The big, the the big muscled guy, yeah. like the the one that would like check all the the young kid, like the, the the big tough guy that everybody yeah. was afraid of. But he was really just a nice guy, and he had that big. Uh, he was the one that would like. You know, pull back and like shoot the puck, and it would go like nine hundred miles an hour, and like <laughs> pop a hole in the net or pop a hole in the goalie's glove or whatever. Yeah, he's Foggy Nelson now. And that wraps up the industry news. KB, anything you want to add on all any of those three pieces, opinions, thoughts, anything else before we move on? Um, just really excited for the for these Netflix shows, and uh, I'd be curious to see what what how much they expand this. Um you know, this Netflix uh, Marvel Universe, because uh, everything they've done so far has been just as entertaining as the movies. And, and again, it's got its own feel from yes. that of the movies. The movies, which, again, you know, it's all set in the same universe, because even at the start of Daredevil, they were mentioning the fact that the Chitari came down from the, the I, I like the that Avengers. these the, these movies, the, the Netflix stuff doesn't have really kind of the, 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 well, I mean, it does have the mouse hanging over it, but it doesn't. And the fact that they make these much darker, they're not as family-oriented as... Well, the movies. I, I, well, yeah, because Disney, Disney is the movies are being made. It's it's all set in a PG thirteen world for yeah. the most part. Even even the the movies are PG thirteen for the action, where this is a little bit darker and more mature content. I think these are a lot of TVMAs or yeah. whatever. Um, but you're right. You're absolutely right. Where I think the difference is is that the movies are done for the grand populace to you know, oh, yeah. it's you know a Friday night and I want to go see a movie. What's on? Oh. Uh, there's a there's an Avengers movie out. There's a Captain America movie out. That's something I can take my kids yeah. to. I can take whatever to. Where the Netflix is more special, not special interest, but like for the die more hard, diehard fans, diehard fans to be like, okay, like I like this universe. I like what's yeah. happening. I want more, but I want it to be more of a street level. I yeah. want it to be more realistic. I think street level is the word. Yeah, I, I agree. But uh, see, and this is this is not to go on a whole tangent here, but this is the difference I think between. Batman versus Superman, and not that I want to compare Marvel no, and DC, no, no. but like you know the the Superman movies, the the Nolan Batman movies, everything's so dark, and there's little pieces of humor from time to time. Marvel's doing the opposite. Yes, they have their dark series with you know Daredevil and Jessica Jones and Luke Cage, and but that's all on Netflix. The movies are a little bit more lighthearted. Yes, they have like serious parts and very depressing parts and, and gut wrenching parts, and it can be dark and and bleak and shades of gray and all this stuff, and that's fine. But it never overpowers the movie. At the end of the day, the movie is still very uh, optimistic and, and vibrant and over the top and fun, and that's what you get from those movies. The Netflix series. So that's kind of almost like a palate cleanser. So you can go and you yeah. can see all the sugary, like you say, the mouse <laughs> ho- you know, hovering over all the the fun, over the top Marvel movies in the theaters. But for those diehards that want that grit, and it's a nice change of pace from those exactly. movies. Where the other, from the other side of the coin, DC right now, everything is dark and gritty in the movies. There's no palate. I cleanser. feel like I can watch a Netflix series and drink a beer. Versus like going to the cinema and kind of like. Well, I don't think they allow you to bring alcohol into the theaters, KB. Some of these theaters serve alcohol now. Oh, do they? Oh, yeah. like, you're going to have to tell me yeah. off air which ones because yeah. that'll be fun. Go watch some animated features. <laughs> sausage Party, go there, like blitzed. Did you see Sausage Party? I have not. It's awesome. I have not. Is it good? Oh, yeah. Nah, I have to check it out. But we're going to go into our next segment right now. And we're going to call it Adding Character. Nobody messes with Adam Wee. 
Nobody messes with Adam Wee, and this is a segment called Adding Character. And for those that are going to be watching Luke Cage on Netflix, I want to describe to you a character known as Misty Knight. You got something to say? No. Oh, okay. Look, you look like you wanted to say something. Nope. Are you familiar with Misty Knight from the comic books now? Not from the comic books. No. Okay. Because I, I, I added some I, stuff I've heard of the character. Okay. I know a little bit, but that's about it. Katie, this is I'm going to learn. This is a yeah, learning is, segment for me. You're going to be under the learning Because I've done most of the adding characters. I know. So, so this is this my is, first, my first crack up. at it. Yeah. And to be honest, I knew nothing about this character. So all of this is this pretty is much awesome. Wikipedia. So you know, take it with a grain of salt. But this, I was rereading it, and it looks pretty accurate. And it makes sense from a Marvel. So I'll just give you the, the gist of it here. Misty was seriously injured preventing a bomb attack back when she was a police officer with the New York Police Department. Her right arm was amputated, and rather than take a desk job, she resigned from the police force. Wouldn't you know that Tony Stark provided her a bionic arm, which endowed her superhuman strength? Soon after, she met Spider-Man and Iron Fist. She became a hero. Actually, I do know a little bit now I'm thinking about it. Okay, good. Perfect. Yep. Uh, she then teamed up with her friend, Colleen Wing, who we just mentioned is going to be on mm-hmm. Iron Fist. So it could, again, with Power Man, a.k.a. Luke Cage and Iron Fist, having the heroes for hire way back in the mm-hmm. 70s and 80s in the comics, these two uh, teamed up, and they called it uh, Nightwing Restorations Limited. Uh, so they had their own kind of group, too, which is awesome. And then after she met Iron Fist, the two crime fighters fell in love and, and became lovers. So Misty Knight and Iron Fist are lovers, which is kind of cool. Uh, then she conduct, conducted undercover work against John, uh, crime lord John Bushmaster. She aided Iron Fist, Spider-Man, Colleen Wing against a character called Davos, the Steel Serpent. And then she it was there she first met and fought Luke Cage, Power Man. So maybe there was a... You know how they do this with the heroes. Yeah. Oh, we, we don't realize we, we, we hate each other, but we're actually on the same side because there's just that animosity. Um, but the detective agency, Nightwing Restorations Limited, would go on to help Iron Man and Power Fist Heroes for Hire Agency numerous times. But then Colleen Wing later on broke off her friendship with Misty Knight because Misty started a relationship with a gentleman known as Tyrone King, who was actually a, a villain called Master Khan in disguise. It was one of his aliases. She then rescued, later on, rescued Iron Fist from drowning, and she reconciled with him, and she ended up ended her relationship with Tyrone King. But then later on, even yet again, Iron Fist ended up breaking up with her, and she started a short romance with Luke Cage. Hmm. And that caused a source of tension between Power Man and Iron Fist for a brief period of time. So that'd be like, you know, my girl breaks up with Breaks me, up the band. And then, yeah, Yoko Ono yep. factor here. Which, again, not that I'm a big fan of that, because, again, this was written, you know, back in the, probably the 70s or the 80s. But let's fast forward to now. Okay. Marvel Now. What is she doing now? As part of Marvel Now, Misty Knight showcases in the comic book alongside Valkyrie, where she's one of the members of the Fearless Defenders. She's also in the series... Captain America. This is what Sam I've been reading. Wilson. Yeah. Yes. So she appears during the all new, all different Marvel promotion as a supporting character to Sam Wilson, the new Captain America, who is now uneasy that his friend Steve Rogers has regained his original moniker. Which happened in Standoff, which we talked about on the exactly. uh, previous show. Yep. The two men then decide to share the name, and many, in, many civilians in the Marvel Universe feel that Sam Wilson is undeserving of the title of Captain America. And she helps him, Misty helps him with these doubts, and then is revealed to be in a sexual relationship with him as well. Mm-hmm. So Misty Knight basically has hooked up with Iron Fist, Power Man, and Sam Wilson. 
gets around. And she's going to be in Luke Cage. So I'm assuming that they're going to kind of circumvent the Iron Fist mm-hmm. and Misty relationship, and they're going to go straight to the Luke Cage-Misty Knight relationship. So I think that's she's, she's going to be the love interest there. So that's kind of interesting. That's good stuff. So what did you do? You learn some stuff, KB. I mean, you already yeah, know I, I knew a little bit about her, but it was nice to hear a little bit of origin because in obviously in the Sam Wilson Captain America, we it didn't give give us too much of that. So um, it's good to kind of know what she's all about. And now you kind of have a base, yeah, of maybe because maybe they might allude to some of this in the Luke Cage series yep. when it drops tomorrow, or today when you're listening to this on Friday, or if you're already listening to if you're listening to it way down the line, then it's already out and you know all this stuff. But <laughs> it's a moot point at that point. So. Before we get into the final countdown, which is our usually our final segment, we're going to go into a break. So we'll be back after these messages. After these messages, we'll be right back. Are you ready to upgrade your office space or living area for an affordable price? Stop by Pachico's Furniture, where you can expect a delightful shopping experience, all while saving you some of your hard-earned money. Pachico's Furniture specializes in used furniture, antiques, jewelry, electronics, video games, Blu-ray, DVD, musical instruments, and much, much more. Whether buying or selling, we strive on being Fall River's finest second-hand store. Pachico's Furniture is a family-owned and operated business located on 663 Bedford Street, formerly Billy's Cafe, in Fall River, Massachusetts. Come on by. You'll be pleasantly surprised. I'm a rubber-faced clown, you know? Cry so hard. Without my baby. Without my girl. No, she, my girl, she, she's not crying, she's holding me up. My girl, she's keeping me on my feet. You know, we go home, wife, boy, place is the exact same. It's like it's just holding his breath, waiting for me to get back, you know? That hit me. All of it. Yeah. The first time I felt how tired I was, you know, I was just tired, you know? You, you, you ever been tired, right? Yeah. So you know, I just, I couldn't do nothing, you know? All the things. Couldn't take my wife to bed. Ball with the boy, shit. I was too tired, I couldn't even drink a goddamn beer. But not her. My girl was up. See, she wanted me to. She wanted me to tuck her in. See, she outgrew it. She knew it. She didn't care. She wanted it. She had that book. My favorite book was out on her pillows. One batch, two. Pity and dime, yeah. I read her that book every night before the shit. I read it every single night. But see, that was over now because Daddy's home now. She looked at me and she begged me, right? 
I said no. My daddy's too tired, see? I'll read to you tomorrow night. I'll read to you tomorrow night, I promise. Yeah. Everything that further there was not gonna be any tomorrow, see? Here I'd be holding her lifeless body in my arms. The meat was spilling out of her red. The place where her face used to be. Yeah. I think I'm done. Red. I think I'm done. But we're not done. Welcome back to Free Your Geek. That was John Bernthal as the Punisher. We're not even close to done. We're not even close to done. But that I I wanted to play that clip, and I only played a piece of that clip because, oh my God, that's like the greatest scene in the Daredevil Mm -hmm. series for me anyway. Like that that discussion they have in the cemetery is just like so real, and Bernthal just like the emotion that he brings, playing like Frank Castle losing his family like that it's just like the, the loss and him like finally showing some emotion like you you again that's the one thing i think about these characters like we talked a little bit about before uh about david tennant playing the purple man like there's parts of it where this guy is a jerk he's an ass you're supposed to hate him he's such a, a scumbag he's he's a horrible horrible person there's no redeeming him and then you see parts of their past and you empathize with them, and that's crazy. And it's just, it's one of those things. It was like Zemos in Civil War. Yeah, perfect. Another perfect example. Yep. They make them tragic characters. So you can see why they're doing what they're doing to an extent or why they're behaving that way. Still doesn't justify I, their I kinda, actions. I kind of like the rooftop scene that they had where um, where he ca- he captures Daredevil. That's from their... a comic book. Yeah. That's from, a, that's from an actual story. And I believe in the story. Um, he hands Daredevil a gun. And I don't know, I think in the Daredevil series, I believe it's like duct tape to his hand. Yep. In the comics, it's not. He has him chained to uh, like a chimney or, or whatever, or a smokestack or something. And it shows him going over like the edge of the building and he's going to snipe somebody. And then dares, for lack of a better term, dares Daredevil to shoot him before he shoots some other person, some other scumbag that he wants to take out which it's a, another cool dynamic will are you willing to become what you're fighting against to stop that and that's that's i love it i love it but that's my favorite scene that scene with that the two of them in the cemetery and and mm-hmm. frank castle's hurt and he's not the punisher yet um but he's just you know frank castle they're on the case matt murdoch and and foggy and karen know a little bit about him and Daredevil visits him, and it's just that that back and forth they have is just it's gut wrenching, it's heart wrenching, it's just it makes me sad. And when two actors can kind of convey that, one with a mask over his face where you can't read his eyes or see his facial expressions, it's amazing. It's amazing, and it's just my favorite scene. Well, now we're going to go in to our final segment, and we call this segment the final countdown. It's the final countdown! The final countdown! 
countdown. And this is a little bit different. We usually, on the final countdowns, we usually rank something or we take our top three favorites of this or, you know, the greatest episodes of that. And when we were coming up with this thought, this theme for this week, we were going to do favorite episodes of the Netflix mm-hmm. series. And we're like, that's kind of, you know, middle of the road. That's that's what everybody's expecting us to do. So for this final countdown, let's do three series of any Marvel property that we would like to see on Netflix and have that gritty or a dark feel or something along those lines. So KB, I know we probably have honorable mentions, correct? Uh, Yeah. Okay, so we'll start with you, your honorable mentions, and then we'll go to mine, and then we'll start from three to one. Um, I was thinking of more of the original Inhumans. Okay. Medusa, Black Bull, Lockjaw, those those Inhuman characters. I think they would be really interesting in this universe. And then uh, tying them back to the movies, possibly. I mean, I know there's some of that going on in S.H.I.E.L.D., um, but I, I just think that that would be a good fit for the Netflix, for, just for that Netflix universe, and they can make it the darker kind of character, especially a character like Karnak, who's kind of this, you know, the perfectionist, the master perfectionist, and very dark and brooding. Um, picture Medusa's red hair in the uh, in the midst of the darkness of wherever they are kind of thing. I, I just feel like they could do really something really good with that. Um, the other thing that I was thinking of is I know we said Marvel properties, but I think there's a lot of independent comics that would be really good for Netflix. Oh, so you're cheating. Yes, I'm always cheating. Okay. I'm not going to mention a ton, of, a ton of them. but Go for uh, it. Uh, a comic like something like, like Sex, um, where it's the post... It, it's, a, it's a comic book that I've talked about in a previous show. It's kind of like what happens after Batman retires. It's not Batman. It's a totally different universe. But, you know, the, the, hero, the main hero's retired and all the villains uh, are, are now doing their own thing. A lot of them are out of crime. And it's like, what are they doing? They have all these interesting stories and some wanting to get back in and things like that. That could be a good show, a good show on, a, on, a, on a, what do I want to say, a, uh, some, uh, on Netflix. Like, like a different platform. A, like a different a streaming, platform. A streaming, a streaming platform. platform, yeah. And I think a lot of, con- a lot of um, things by, like, say, um, you know, like Dynamite did a, did a book called De-Evolution where people de-evolutionized. Like some of these uh, more independent concepts that we see in comics I think would be good for Netflix as well. But uh, yeah, I mean, those are my honorable mentions. So nothing too crazy. Nothing too crazy except going outside the theme of what we decided on. Yeah, that's fine. That's great. Just putting in some thought. Well, mine, I stuck with Marvel properties and my cheat is kind of like... I'm bringing in X-Men properties as well, even though Marvel doesn't typically, okay. typically own them. And that's it. They're owned by Fox, but that's okay. Uh, my honorable mention before we get into it, and it's an honorable mention because the way it, it's never going to be made because of the budget they would need for a Netflix series. It's not going to happen. But I would like to see a team, uh, a team series called Exiles. Okay. Now, have you ever read that comic or have you heard about it? Mm, I've heard the okay. name before, but I haven't. So the Exiles, the, the ones that I want the original Exiles from the, the book that I read. So this, there's charter members, Blink. So Blink was a character um, that had a brief stint in the current 616 universe. Um, mm-hmm. She was one of the uh, Generation X mutants, or where the, before Generation X started with Jubilee and Penance and Skin, and she died um, before Banshee and, and White Queen could train her. But then they reimagined her for when the Age of Apocalypse came out, the Age of Apocalypse yep. books took over, and she became this badass character. And she got plucked from that reality and put on this team of exiles. Another member is Mimic, who's a, one of the uh, an original, well, he's not one of the original X-Men, but he was part of the X-Men for a time. But this is Calvin Rankin from Earth-12. He was abandoned by the Brotherhood of Mutants, and he was reformed and joined the X-Men. Then we have another character, Magnus Lensher, who's basically the child of Rogue and Magneto. 
And mm-hmm. he comes from an earth where Magneto was good and Xavier was evil. <laughs> then there's Thunderbird, John Proudstar. He came from a reality where he was captured by Apocalypse and turned into to the Horseman War. Then there's another character, Nocturne, who is Talia Wagner. And the reality she's from, she's the daughter of Nightcrawler and Scarlet Witch. And then there's Morph, who's Kevin Sidney from Earth 1081. He was a member in that Earth from, he was a member of the Avengers, New Mutants, and X-Men. So basically this team is all these different members plucked from different realities, and they are gathered together by this being called the Time Broker, and then they are sent to different realities to fix these broken time streams and, and right the wrongs that have occurred in these time streams. So basically, it'd be a really cool series to take this core team of people from, they all have different realities where things, and you can get put in a world where everything's different from what you expect. You Whatever you expect to be, one, again, not to, to harp on that, but Steve Rogers is a member of Hydra. He's not brainwashed. He's actually a legit you know, member of Hydra. And the Red Skull is fighting for America. Like, things like that. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like all the kind of what if situations. Exactly. It's taking these characters and putting them to all what if. And it should just be cool to play around. It's basically like when you're young and you have your, your action figures and your toys and whatnot. Yep. And you basically make you Ninja up, Turtles fight your G.I. Joe's. Yeah, you make up yeah. your own histories with them. You you know, you don't have to be pigeonholed by the way the characters should be portrayed. You can let your imagination run. You run wild. over your sisters, my little ponies with your uh, party wagon. They were my little my my little they were ponies. Your my little ponies. But um yeah that's my honorable mention. I, I would love it because it'd be new and exciting stir- I, stories. I see at first I thought you were gonna say like X Force. No, 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 no. I, I, I'm not taking characters that already typically exist. Have been in the movies. No, I'm, I'm, gotcha. I'm not taking But that's my honorable mention. So KB number three, go for it. Number three. Um, this was actually kind of tough on some of these. Um, just trying to think of some good ones here. Um, but I, and I don't know, maybe, maybe Jay Free knows. Is Spider-Woman still a Marvel property or is it a Disney property? Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't think from it is. what I believe, uh, so it, depend, it would depend if it's under the Spider-Man universe, but I believe Sony still owns Spider-Man. It's just Marvel's coming on a, as a consultant. I might be wrong with that, and it's allowing, it's kind of like a deal that they made but with I Universal. But I don't know if she's necessarily under the Spider-Man universe. I mean, it's got the spy, It's it's got like the spider tagline. It's like saying yeah. Batman and Nightwing. It's it, Nightwing's not really a Batman character anymore because he's kind of doing his own thing, but he's still yeah. under that realm. It's, it's that blur, blurry line. But uh, anyway, uh, Spider-Woman Jessica Drew would be my my number three. That would be cool. Because, um, you know, there's some interesting um, origin with the character. So basically, she was the daughter of um, a Jonathan Drew um, and her re- uh, research partner to Dr. Hubert Edgar uh, Widom. Uh, when young Jessica um, suffered from uranium poisoning, and this is in 1931, Dr. Drew puts an injection into her with untested spider serum and seals her in a genetic accelerator. Um, she's in stasis for, for decades. Um, in her, kind of like Captain America, she slowly ages. So she, she's slowly aged over time. Um, and she awakes with no memories of her past. So not with the current stories that we have, but start from the beginning with this character. I think you have something that you can make a good series out of. That's really, really cool. You know, yeah. I mean, in the new character now, like where she's at in the comics is she's she's a mother. She has a kid and is being a superhero at the same time. You could do something newer, too, if you want to reach a different audience. But I think that origin story of imagine a show just starting out like that with the first episode where, you know what I mean? She's coming out of that accelerator or whatever and, and has no idea. So that, I, and I think that could f- fill into that falls into because she's a little darker. I, 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 I see in some of the older stuff versus Spider-Man. Um, so, yep, that's my number three pick. 
My number three, uh, and the, the one I want to say before I even get into this pick is I think you and I are going to have vastly different lists for like the first time. We may not. To, really? I don't know. Okay, well, we'll, well, we'll one see. Of, one, of these, one of these picks I, I think you might have picked that I had. Oh, so this is interesting. See. All right, so my first one, uh, for those fans that are a, uh, fans of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., yep. you'll already know this. Um, Hunter and Bobby Morse were Mark actually it. supposed to be... Uh, have their own show. Get, yeah, what happened to that? Uh, the the network decided not to pick it up. So uh, I love those characters. Adrienne Pilecki is now going to be part of a Seth MacFarlane new series that's coming out. So okay. she is, as of right now, not reprising the role of Bobby Morse. So she is gone from Ugh. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for a while. So that being said, my pick would be a TV show or a series called either Agent 19 or, I came up with this title, Morse Code. And it would star... Adrian Pilecki as Bobby Morse. It could be the spinoff from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. again, set in that same universe. So in the episode Parting Shot, both her and Hunter are compromised and have to deny that they are part of S.H.I.E.L.D. And they re- both realize that they're going to continually be followed by both U.S. and Russian agents. So they'll continually being hunted. Yep. That's why it's going to be called, the series was supposed to be called Marvel's Most Wanted because it was basically going to be uh, Bobby Morse and Hunter on the run. From both U.S. and Russian governments, yeah. So I think they should do that. They should bring it to Netflix. Gives them flexibility too, because when any when any Shield agent goes rogue, you could put them on that show. Exactly, and and the cool thing is, is that as we talked about before, each show could have its own special, or each property in Marvel has its own unique feel. Where I said that, you know, this could be like a spy or an espionage. Think like a cross between the Bourne identity and James Bond, where she's playing the spy character. I think that would be awesome. So that's my number three pick, uh, Agent 19, because that's what she was known as, as S.H.I.E.L.D., as Mockingbird, or she was Agent yep. 19 in S.H.I.E.L.D., or a little title I made up, Morse Code. <laughs> that's my number three pick. On number two. That's a good one. And, and so my number two, this is the one, Jeff, that I think we might share, and you can, you'll say yay or nay, whether... Um, and you probably know a lot more about this character than I do. Oh, I think you're so, right. So, so you may have to explain, this, explain a little more about the character than I can. Moon Knight. Okay, so Yay. So let's let's do this. Let's do something for, for first time in Free Your Geek history. This is episode twenty-one. Yep, I believe. Yep, twenty-one. Let's both give our number two. Oh, is your number two as well. Number two. Okay, it's my number two. So let's let's do it. Um, for me, you know, I, I I don't know a lot about Moon Knight because I haven't read a ton of it. Um, I do know a little bit about the origin from research. So what Mark Spector is basically. <laughs> he's he's uh, he's a mercenary, some, and he's working on some archaeology projects. Yep. Is that what happens? All right, and let me let me let so me do so. Fill, fill everybody. Yeah, in. let's let's do a little bit of this, uh, and then I'll touch my pieces here in a second. Yes, uh, quick story synopsis: Specter, Mark Specter, is working as a mercenary for Raoul Bushman in Egypt. He's at an archaeological dig, and it reveals a buried temple. He is then left there by Bushman, um, and, and to die in the desert and. Khonshu, the Egyptian moon god, appears to Spectre in a vision and becomes the god. In Mark Spectre becomes the god's avatar on Earth, and along the way he goes a little bit mad, becomes schizophrenic, yep. and to kind of hide his, he creates multiple identities. So he's Mark Spectre. That's his real. That's self. the part that's interesting about it. Uh, Jake Lockley, who's a taxi driver, and then he creates the identity of Stephen Grant, who's a millionaire, which he uses from the money he made yep. as a mercenary. Um, and he's so it's it's a cool story. Um, he decides with these powers and abilities he's given as a second chance at life as uh, Khonshu's uh, avatar on Earth, he decides to fight crime. And uh, I think it's cool because I think it'd be kind of a crime fighting and a little bit of a trippy with a he, little bit of it, mystical it, And he feel could too. cross over with the current series. 
Yeah, I absolutely agree. But again, he could be like yep. he could be like Ghost Rider. You could do something with him of Agents yeah. of Shield because it brings in like the street crime. It's like a Batman. It's yeah. he's a Batman. He's the he's Marvel's version of Batman. If like Batman were in Marvel, um, except he's crazy, which is awesome. Um, but yeah, I think it would be a cool story. Like I said, it's going to be a crime fighting show. It'll have like some trippy like and he'll be it, in and it has that dark overtone that the, the Netflix stuff. You know has. what? It's a cross between, and I I, I kind of uh, mixed these shows together. Uh, Orphan Black. I don't know if you've ever seen Orphan Black, but she basically plays multiple. It's, the, it's a girl that's cloned multiple yep. times. So she's playing different iterations. They all look like her, but they have different personalities. So I think it would be that combined with Fight Club because he's a little schizo and combined with like the action and the grittiness of the street crime of Arrow, yeah. CW's Arrow. So I think it'd be a cool um, collaboration of those three, se- those three TV series together for Moon Knight on Netflix. And I even went one step further with this. Uh, Ian Summerhalter... Uh, I would cast him as Mark Spector. He, uh, I believe, I, uh, Vampire Diaries. He's on Vampire Diaries. He's a very mm-hmm. dreamy. Is it Vampire Diaries? I believe he's dreamy. He's no. He's he's got gorgeous eyes. He's a good looking dude. I think he could play that Mark Spector character. And he was on for those fans of Lost. He played Boone on Lost. Oh, oh okay. He was on Lost. So. He was on Lost. That's why I picked him because yeah. Lost is my favorite TV show of all time. But yeah, he played Boone. And I think uh, he's got what it takes to because there was an episode of Lost where he's high on this type of thing, this paste mm-hmm. that um, John Locke makes, and he's kind of having these visions. And I think that that type of acting skill could fit into the whole Mark Spector with his multiple personalities. So KB, do you have anything to add? No, you you covered basically all the all the things I wanted to cover because I haven't read a ton of him. I've read you know a few issues here and there and some you know some. Um cameo stuff so i haven't really read a ton but he's one of those characters like you at thor i want to get more into absolutely absolutely great it's a great read too especially with that dynamic okay so my number two as well moon knight so moving on to number one kb what is your number one my number my number one um i I was thinking about this and we're talking about you know well what's in the movies what's not in the movies so ant-man and the wasp but the adventures of hank pym and janet van dyne Ooh, that's good. Just like a, um, you know, like an Agent Carter kind of thing. I like going that. back to that time frame, seeing what, how it all began, seeing what happened. Well, I mean, we see what happens to the Wasp, the original Wasp, but to see all the origin, to see all the stories behind them, and they have that dynamic relationship. And I mentioned them on the uh, the Comic Con show last week about their dynamic, those two characters, and the fact that they. They love each other. They hate each other. They're original founders of the Avengers. Um, so maybe even have some of those older Avenger characters <laughs> in, in uh, form a, a, an original Avengers or something. Um, but I can just imagine that being a, a great, great show. Like it's kind of something like Agent Carter was with, um, you know, in, in, in relation to S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, I, I think I think you know, time frame wise, it'd be set what in the seventies or eighties? Probably seventies, I would think. Because the the Ant Man movie showed, I can't remember when the flashbacks were with Michael Douglas as Hank yep. Pym, um, but when he was Ant Man, uh, I can't remember. Was it Vietnam that he was fighting? I can't I can't remember what war. I think it was like was. Vietnam. So yeah, it, you know that time frame. I think it'd be kind of cool. You know, I don't know who you'd bring in for the heroes, but you could bring in some like. I don't know. You maybe do the original Human Torch or something. Yep. Something uh, Namor, the Submariner, something yep. something like that. I think you could do for a period piece. You know, set 30, 40 years ago. I think it'd be awesome. Yeah. So I mean, that was one that I just thought, like, wow, that's kind of original, and that's an idea that you know we've already have a glimpse of. You know, Pym in the movies. So let's see all that stuff before it. Just like with uh, Agent Carter. Now, would you cast Michael Douglas in that, or would you find somebody? Here's so- what I would do. 
I would cast I would do this I would do this show in a different way. I would cast Michael Douglas as a storyteller. Where every episode starts out as so, a storyteller, and then you have an actor playing so like him as a younger version. How I Met Your Mother, kids. Let me tell you about how I yeah. was Ant Man. Yeah. Okay, that's the, I see. I can take that. Like, or even not to make this like too over the top, geek, geeky and nerdy, but um, kind of like with the Hobbit series, the Hobbit movies, which yep. basically takes uh, and I can't remember the, the gentleman's name, but the, the the original actor who played Bilbo Baggins yep. explaining to Frodo, you know. And then it goes back and, and uh, tells a story. Martin Freeman, it's Martin yeah. Freeman that plays Bilbo, I think. And the new movies, the Hobbit movies, yeah. And it shows him in his younger days, and I think that would be great. Yeah. So that that's that that was the one that I came up with. So, mine's going to be interesting, and this one I don't think you've read this comic. Okay. So this is why I went a little deep with this, but okay. The number one series that I would create on Netflix that I think would be amazing, it's an X-Men series, but it's called X-Factor Investigations. Okay. It was basically, uh, the story synopsis, just to give you a quick idea, it was actually a a comic book series that one of my favorite comic book series of all time, Peter David, uh, wrote the series around 2005. And it has a, I'm going to name the original group of uh, characters, but basically Jamie Madrox, the multiple man, opens up a detective agency. He recruits his friends after winning money on a game show, kind of like a Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. So it's, there's a lot of like subtle humor and little like you know, kind of a little of the breaking of the fourth wall, not as much as yep. Deadpool. Um, but basically, the the, the entire uh, team is the multiple men, and then you have M from uh, she was Generation Next, and then she was part of the X Men okay. for a while. Yep. Then you have Butterfly, and I'll explain her in a second. But then you have hey. R- Richter. I've heard of Butterfly before. Butterfly is Layla Miller. Okay, I'll go into her now. It's a whole story, but basically when Scarlet Witch went mad, mm-hmm. uh, wait, am I doing this correctly? Yeah, and said no more mutants, Layla Miller remembered the original timeline when all mutants, the all, all but like, nope, I, let me scratch that. I'm going to rewind that. I'm lying. Scarlet Witch created the House of M, where Magneto yep. was running in charge, and everybody thought Magneto was after Scarlet Witch went crazy, said no more mutants, eradicated mutant kind, and then she had a breakdown and created the House of M with Magneto as like the leader and, and all this other stuff. Kind of almost like an Age of Apocalypse type of thing. But when the Layla Miller was the only one who knew that what the original world was before the House of M, and she helped uh, rejuvenate everybody's memories. And remember, this this reality is not real. And they undid Scarlet Witch's, uh, you know, with her hex and her spell and returned the world yeah. back to normal as they know it. Um so we'll get into that in a second. Uh, I'll get back into her in a second because she's a very interesting character. But at the time, she's like an eight-year-old girl. Okay. And she, her superpowers, she knows stuff. That's quote unquote. <laughs> also, Richter from X Force, who basically can make uh, kind of like Quake, can yep. make like uh, waves and whatnot and shake the earth. Siren, who's Banshee's daughter. Okay. Yeah. She later becomes Banshee after she takes the ban- Banshee name after uh, Sean Cassidy dies in the comic books. Strong guy, okay. who's you know the big the big muscle of the group, and then Wolfsbane, who is basically uh, she's an Irish uh, Irish or Scottish I can't remember, but it's Rain Sinclair, and she's like this religious person who then turns into a werewolf. Hmm. So it's a, it's a cool dynamic there. But so the cool thing with Butterfly, just to get back to that real quick, is during uh, after Scarlet Witch says no more mutants, she's telling Jamie Madrox, even though she's an eight year old girl, you and I are going to get married someday. <laughs> I know this. <laughs> 
what happens is she goes, Madrox creates two different clones of himself and sends him once the first mutant is born after what they call M-Day. Yep. After Scarlet Witch declares no more mutants and no mutants are born and all like all but 98 mutants are wiped out of the Marvel Universe, one mutant is born and it creates multiple like two multiple timelines. So because Jamie Madrox, once his duplicate is killed, he absorbs all their memories. Mm-hmm. So he sends a dupe, one of his duplicates into each timeline and Layla Miller goes with one of them. Uh. And what happens is they discover that Bishop from the X-Men wants to kill this first mutant born because this new first mutant messiah is the one that brings a, a, uh, a part, brings among, uh, or cre- essentially creates Bishop's timeline where his parents yep. are killed. So he's like, if I could go back in time, I would kill that baby from ever being born. And they realize now that this child has been born, Bishop is going to turn traitor and try to kill that kid. Mm-hmm. So she ends up killing that duplicate to send that memory back to our reality to Madrox and he realizes that Bishop wants to kill that child all that now Layla Miller is trapped in that future she grows up and finally finds a way to get back but now like 15 years have passed and now she's a 23 year old girl that returns six months later and now she's a full grown adult she went from 8 to 23 and then her and Madrox start a relationship which is weird (laughs) but I did cast this movie I picked different actors (laughs) you went way down huh I would like to see, and the idea is I tried to stay away from A-listers because yep. this is a Netflix series. Like yeah. We get some, like, you know, B-listers. John Bernthal yeah. and whatnot, who's pretty well known. I do have one A-lister, and I'll, I'll show you why, but I also wrote a blog about it, which I'll share to our page tomorrow um, with pictures so you can do side by side. But I'd choose, I'd, I'd cast Justin Bartha as Jamie Madrox. So you've seen The Hangover? Yep. Doug from okay. The Hangover. I'd cast him as Madrox because I think he could do the subtle and the, and the sarcastic humor Probably that needs Madrox a job has. Too. Maybe, but he's a good actor. He's a good actor. Uh, M, I would choose, uh, I would cast Amber Stevens West. I don't know if you saw 22 Jump Street. Yep. But she played the love interest for Jonah Hill's character okay. in 20, uh, 22 Jump Street. So M is this you know statuesque, tall, gorgeous, African-American model type. She's a socialite. And that girl, Amber Stevens West, how old do you think she was when she did 22 Jump Street? She was, in, she was supposed to play a high schooler in that movie because they go back to high school, I believe, or college. She's like 27, 28 years old at that time. So she looks really, really young. She's gorgeous, gorgeous woman. Butterfly, even though uh, Layla Miller is a young kid, she hasn't done much recently, and this is not the A-lister I'm talking about, but Dakota Fanning, I think, okay. fits perfectly with Layla Miller. I would choose and cast Diego Boneta from CW's 90210 and the Fox's show Scream Queens. Yeah, so you watch 90210? No, I just I basically I searched for actors that were Hispanic and that I thought would look the part and that's what his <laughs> that's what his uh, IMDb said. But yes, he's he would play Richter. I would have Annalise Vanderpoel. Uh, I don't know if you ever heard of her, but she was on a Disney show called That's So Raven. I would have her yep. as Siren because she's got the red hair. And one of Siren's powers is she works almost like a Siren of the Sea where she mm-hmm. can use her voice like Banshee, but she can also make men allure to her with her lovely singing voice. And Anise Vanderpoel is actually a Broadway singer right now, so I think that would okay. fit hand in hand. Then I would cast Rob Archer from Lost Girl as Strong Guy. You should see the picture. This dude's jacked. And then my A-lister for Wolvesbane, a.k.a. Rain Sinclair, Emma Watson from Harry Potter. I'd choose her because I think she would knock it out of the park. And then the type of show that it would be, think of the X-Files meets like community or or something along those lines where it's like that. Because all they do is investigate cases and they take cases and they investigate paranormal stuff. Yep. So it's it's a really cool series. The humor is great. The The writing is phenomenal. So that's my number one pick for a Netflix series. X Factor Investigations. 
Just wonder what Netflix is going to surprise us with next. Defenders, Jessica Jones Season 2, Daredevil Season 3, a Punisher series. Well, you know what? They'll spin off a whole other platform called Nextflix. That's good. That's a good pun. (laughs) Hey, I'm the Punisher. So, KB, before we go out, I'm going to say we're going to go out with a uh, a little... uh, Sound clip, what we hope to see in Luke Cage. And I think yeah. we hit on it before. Let's see some more Jessica Jones interaction. Definitely. So, KB, let's plug some stuff before we go into this audio clip. Website, yes. jfreethegeek.com. Facebook page, Free Your Geek yes. on Facebook. Covers of the week. Good covers this week. Awesome. DC knocked it out of the park. Yep, Marvel, Marvel knocked it out of the park. Uh, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, Free Your Geek. Go to all those. We're, hit in, us up. we're in full motion now. Full mo- uh, full Yeah, full motion. Sure. Yeah, we're going to see some YouTube videos. We're yeah. working on some stuff. We get some stuff in the, in the background going on. But um, yeah, we're going to go out. Jessica Jones first meeting Luke Cage outside his bar from Jessica Jones. But KB, hit him with the catchphrases. Start your weekend with your geek friends and get your geek on. Later, folks. You could drink that out of a glass. This whiskey's not good enough to put in a glass. Yeah, I got better stuff in there. I seen you around here, but you never come inside. I buy in bulk. It's ladies' night. New promotion I'm running. No, it's not. It is now. Why? Local, you're hot, drinking alone, tends to attract customers. But hey, don't do me any favors. still here. It's over. Go home. <laughs>